You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Where do some of you run when you're hurting, when you're in trouble? You run to the refrigerator for some ice cream? To your phone to call a friend so you can vent? Do you run to the liquor store for a bottle or a dealer for a fix? Do you look for escape in the arms of a lover or on the couch of a therapist? All those places might seem appealing or helpful, but God is the only true rescue. When life feels hard and overwhelming, what do you do? Where do you go to find the resources that you need to get through? Do you go to food? The distractions of entertainment, alcohol, self-help books? Today, as Pastor Dion continues in Luke, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, overwhelmed with what he knows is coming. But Jesus knew that he needed to run to God for help because he is the only real source of rescue. It's only in God that you can find true help and hope. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 22 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. This song, as they're singing it, encouraged Jesus not to fear what was about to come. This song reminded Jesus that what he is about to face is all a part of God's plan and that God's got his back. That's what this song reminded him of. So he should rejoice and be glad because this is the day that the Lord hath made. That's what that song would have reminded Jesus, in spite of all that's out there, in spite of all that I'm about to face, God has ordained it. He's got my back. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Isn't that awesome, guys? See, God inspired that song over 800 years before Jesus. That song was written and inspired by God 800 years before Jesus. But the song was written for Jesus, for that very day that he would be singing it, to encourage and strengthen him to march toward God's plan. Good Christian songs do the same for us, don't they? They keep us moving, not with a beat but with the verses of Scripture, with the theology in the lyrics. You know, like Toby Mac's song, Move, Keep Walking, you know? Another heartbreak day, feeling miles away. But he says, keep moving, keep walking. Look at your neighbor and say, keep moving, keep walking. Or how about... I got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart, what? Overflowing because I've been restored. There ain't nothing going to steal my joy. Sing it. There ain't nothing going to steal my joy. Yeah. Enjoy the beat, but march to the lyrics. Move to the beat, but march to the message in the song. 
Let the lyrics encourage you, inspire you, motivate you. I mean, that gives a whole new meaning to the statement, bust a move, right? In fact, look at your neighbor and tell him, bust a move, homie. Go ahead and tell him, bust a move, homie. Jesus busted a move there in the upper room as they're descending and he's singing this song. He marched down from the upper room and led his disciples to a garden. This garden was an olive tree orchard on the Mount of Olives. And this particular garden was called, everybody say the name, what? Gethsemane. Say it again, Gethsemane. So Jesus knows what he's about to face in this song gave him inspiration, it gave him strength, it gave him encouragement that God has his back and everything he's about to face is God's plan. And it kind of inspired him to bust a move, to not stop, but to keep moving forward. And so he moved on his way to the place that he knew he would be betrayed, to that garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. So let's read it, chapter 22, verse 39, and here's what it says. Coming out of the upper room, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. In other words, every time they were in Jerusalem, Jesus always spent the evenings at the Mount of Olives in this particular garden. He came to the place and he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then he sweat, his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and he had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray lest you enter temptation. So Jesus busts a move as he's being inspired to keep moving. And he leads his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus and his disciples walked down from the upper room across the Kidron Valley to Gethsemane. Everybody say the name again. What? Gethsemane. The name Gethsemane means pressure or duress. Gethsemane got its name because it was more than an orchard. It was a place where olives were pressed for their oil. It's a place where plate after plate of stone weights were stacked on the olives until their seeds cracked. And everybody say, ah, caramba. <sighs> and isn't that how it is? I wish we could stay in the upper room. Friends, food, laughter, learning, singing. But unfortunately... We have to exit the freeway and get back to the rest of the world. A world filled with, everybody say it, temptation and trouble. Listen, Satan will dial up the pressure to the breaking point 
stacking weight after weight of anxiety and fear and debt and grief and sickness and strife and discouragement, plate after plate, stacking problem after problem, trying to get us to break, to deny the Lord, to abandon our faith. But Jesus gave us some instructions on how to deal with the pressure. We read it. Here's the word. Jesus said what? Pray. Everybody said out loud what? Pray that you will not give in to temptation. So Jesus knows what he's about to face. When he goes to the garden, the, the song encourages him. He keeps moving forward. He takes his disciples to that place called duress. That place called pressure. Because that's the way life is. Stacks and stacks of plates that Satan throws on us to try to get us to break. To try to get us to lose our faith or deny our faith or tap out. But Jesus tells His disciples, hey listen, this is the answer. Here's the word on how to deal with this trouble and temptation. It's the word pray. Say it again. What? Pray. You know, we can shout like David did in Psalm 144, verse 1. Here's what David said. Read it with me. Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. God taught David how to fight and He teaches us also. Jesus told us that prayer is the solution for temptation. When life gets too hard to stand, here's what you need to do. Everybody say it. What? Kneel. Jesus said, when you're under pressure, run to the Father. Say that out loud. What? Run to the Father. Petition Him. Plead with Him. Jump into His arms for help. That's what you need to do when you're under duress, when you're under pressure, when you're under the trouble, when you're being squeezed by temptation. Run to the Father. Say it again. Run to the Father. Where do some of you run when you're hurting, when you're in trouble? You run to the refrigerator for some ice cream? <laughs> to your phone to call a friend so you can vent? Do you run to the liquor store for a bottle or a dealer for a fix? Do you look for escape in the arms of a lover or on the couch of a therapist? All those places might seem appealing or helpful, but God is the only true rescue. Listen to what David said when he was perplexed with trouble. Psalm 121.1, read it with me. Shall I look to the mountains, God's for help? No. Everybody said, no. My help comes from the Lord who made the mountains and the heavens too. He will never let me stumble, slip, or fall. For He is always watching and never sleeping. Here's the next one. Psalm 46 verse 1. Read it with me. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. 
So he will not fear when earthquakes come. We will not fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam and let the mountains tremble and the waters surge. God is our refuge and our strength. In the deepest and darkest of troubles, when you're tempted to quit, when you're tempted to forsake and abandon your faith, look to the Lord. It's an issue of surrender. It's an issue of dependence. Tell the Lord, I need you. Help me. I trust you completely. Tell the Lord those things. It's an issue again of Dependence of surrender. I need you. Help me. I trust you completely. You see, the key to victory over temptation is not to bind and loose, but to do this. Everybody say it. To submit in order to resist. Say it again. To submit in order to resist. That's the victory over temptation. That's the victory over trouble. The pastor of the first Christian church said it like this. James chapter 4 and verse 7. Read it with me. So give yourselves completely to God. Stand against the devil. And the devil will run from you. Come near to God and God will come near to you. Let's read it again. So give yourselves completely to God. Stand against the devil, and the devil will run from you. Come near to God, and God will come near to you. The power to resist is tied into your degree of surrender. I'm going to say that again because it's pretty important. Your power to resist is tied into your degree of surrender. The stronger your dependence on the Lord, the stronger your ability to resist the devil and his temptations. The closer you get to God, the closer He gets to you. You see it? The devil might catch you with your head down and he might be doing his happy dance because he thinks that he has defeated you. But this is his face when you raise your head and say, Amen. Huh? You had your head bowed and he thought he had you dead to rights. But he makes this face when you raise your head and say, Amen. You've been in prayer. Humble, dependent prayer quenches temptation. Humble, dependent prayer quenches temptation. Jesus didn't only tell His disciples what they can do to withstand temptation, He modeled it. He displayed it for them. In Gethsemane, Jesus was hit with wave after wave of pressure. Pressure so intense that Jesus sweat great drops of blood. It's called hematidrosis. That's Pressure that is so extreme that the blood vessels in your sweat glands erupt. I think that some of you have maybe gone through some terrible or troubling times. But I could probably bet, and I'm not a betting person, that none of you have ever striven 
that much against something to the point that you sweat blood. But this is the intense pressure that Jesus went through there in Gethsemane. And it's interesting because nothing ever made Jesus sweat. Nothing. Turning water into wine, being bullied by the religious leaders, curing the incurable. Jesus never saw... Never. Everybody said, never. He never sweat over raising the dead. Jesus was never nervous, never perspired in the sense of trying to get something done. He never strained. But on that night, Jesus was walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Everyone was going to abandon Him. He would be tortured and die a criminal's death. He was going to bear our sin and become a curse. He was going to be separated from His Father. The devil was pressuring Jesus to quit, to abandon the mission. Yes, Jesus was squeezed beyond what is humanly possible to sustain. Jesus cried. He reeled under the weight. He threw Himself on the ground. Jesus turned to His closest friends, the disciples, and asked for their support. Come and pray with Me. But they offered no help or fast asleep. Jesus was all alone. But instead of throwing in the towel, instead of tapping out, instead of running to a bottle of alcohol or prescription drugs, instead of cutting Himself or contemplating suicide, Jesus ran to His heavenly Father. While going through hell, Jesus kept His eyes on heaven. He offered Himself in complete surrender. Here is what He said. Say it with me. Not my will, but Yours be done. Say it again. Not my will, but Yours be done. Under extreme pressure and temptation, sprawled out on the ground with blood-covered face and tear stains, Jesus drew close to the Father and the Father drew close to Him. God doesn't care about the place or posture of your prayer. Job in the Bible cried out from an ash heap. The ashes of his home and his family. Jonah cried out from the belly of a whale after being rebellious and disobedient. Daniel cried out in a den of hungry lions. Peter cried out as he was sinking in the sea. Paul cried out from a prison dungeon in stocks. And God doesn't care what your posture is or how eloquent your prayer is. They cried and God came running. Psalm 91 verse 14 says this. It's a great promise. Write it down. Let's read it out loud. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, everybody, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. That's a good place to shout. Yeah. God will hear our cries from the ICU. He will hear our cries from the crisis center or the oncologist's office. 
He will hear our cries from the emergency room, from the county jail, or from the funeral home. God will hear our cries and come running to help to get us through the pressure. When we draw close to Him, God will draw close to us. And He will send heavenly reinforcements. Hey, listen. Not only in our trouble, that when we run to the Father in prayer and cry out to Him, not only will He show up to help us through the trouble, but He'll also send heavenly reinforcements. The passage says that an angel showed up and strengthened Jesus. I've been through a few troubles that frightened and discouraged me. Troubles that caused anxiety and fear and stress, doubt and even depression. And when I cried out to the Lord, I sensed His presence. But many times He did more than comfort my fearful soul. He sent angels of encouragement. These angels didn't have wings or halos. But Sylvia and Chris and Dave and Chuck and John and Neil and Max and Andy were a godsend. They were air beneath my wings. And sometimes the angels God sent didn't even have a body that I could see. They were voices on a radio. They were writings in a book. But they were angels nonetheless. So the next time you're in the trenches, taking on fire and being squeezed, look up and look around. Look up and look around. Here's God's promise to you. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Read it with me. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. What a promise. What a promise. Your life may be spinning out of control. Troubles, difficulties, hurts, problems. You feel the pressure and the weight. If you haven't given your heart and life to Christ, today is the day of salvation. Today is a day of deliverance. Today is a day that Jesus will come underneath you and shore you up. And He'll help get rid of the weights that you've been carrying, guilt and stress and hurt, and pain, and whatever monkey has been on your back, Jesus is the answer and the cure. And all you have to do is reach out to Him and say, I choose Him. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Simple Truth. 
We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Luke has given you a new insight into the life of Jesus and brought you closer to Him. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link. And don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who may even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you pray also for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He may lead. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more at tmcalvary.com. Just click on Donate. Thank you for praying about this, and thank you for joining us today on The Simple Truth. Show. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.